0: Uh, it's 6.30 in the morning. It's proudly com. <laughs> Adam Spiegelman and with my big brother Mike Spiegelman. Hi, Adam. Uh, you can find him on Luggage Tuesdays. Very funny website. Uh, we've been trying to record to proudly resent to you New Year's Day before New Year's of 2015. <laughs> 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 so since uh, last recording or the one before that, uh, I had a baby and uh, it's. Everyone's always says, "How is this sleeping?" and and she's been great until two nights ago. So, and I was like, "What a cliche! What a cliche!" Oh, the sleeping's not great tonight.
1: <laughs> so you had a baby back up?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby yeah. Rose. Yeah, I did myself. Rabbit yeah. test. Rabbit um, test. Junior. Okay. <laughs> rabbit test junior. I think within the website, uh, within this podcast, uh, our voices will get higher—not high, <laughs> but higher. I'm drinking my first cup of coffee, and it's not a good cup of
1: coffee. It's that kind of nauseating, swill taste, so I'm, I might be acting my coffee.
0: Wow. Well, you drink it, and you go, ah. That's uh, what we call a, uh, a teaser. This is what keeps people listening.
1: I'm doing a shtick, Adam. I'm foreshadowing this movie. I've got a shtick. You ever drink coffee, and you're like, ah,
0: ah, ah. I know. I, I think this New Year's Eve movie is more Jewish than the two of us talking.
1: Oh, my God. It's the most Jewish movie. This is uh, (laughs) Gary Marshall's last film, uh, most current film, let's say that, from 2011, and it's about New Year's Eve in Times Square on the eve of 2012. So you see footage. If you went to the movie house to see this movie, first off, what's wrong with you? You get to see it's 2011, and they have shots of Times Square ready to celebrate the new year, 2012. So that is an event movie. You can't recreate that. You can't walk in towards the tail end of 2011 and see a movie of celebrating the new year of 2012.
0: It's it's like, well, you just have to eat shame on you. It, you have to do it.
1: You have to do it. It's an event. It's a movie event.
0: With I mean, Dennero. you could just go, like, I'm not going to spend $50 or $100 or $200 on New Year's. Right. I'm going to spend 750 or 12 and and go see the movie of it. Like, mm-hmm. why? You know what I'm saying? You're saving yourself, like, 70 80 bucks 80 right there. You could spend 80
1: bucks a piece to see a comedy show on New Year's Eve for the off chance that you might see Jim Belushi in the background. Or you could just watch this movie and Jim Belushi shows up as a super. You're all set. Was Jim Belushi in this movie? He's the super. He's Ashton Kushner's super.
0: Like, oh, right. So power. there's movie, it's, it's like uh, The Love Boat, and for people um, under 30, it's like The Love Boat. I can't think of another reference. Uh, well, how about
1: Love American Style?
0: Yeah, for people over 50. <laughs> yeah, so basically it's like seven or eight love stories, like short little love stories with the biggest star. I mean, huge stars. I mean, the he, I, I put in the description, it's every star that owes Gary Marshall a favor. He must have drove <laughs> every A-lister to the airport or picked up every A-lister's kids at school. Well, it's so this
1: classic melodramatic... Movie where you have the the gl- most glamorous stars of its day playing nurses and you know whatever, single moms and they all f- kind of fall in this melodramatic love and it, it works because you have all these Oscar winners. Not once in the ad does it say two-time Oscar winner Hilary Swank or multiple Oscar winner Robert De Niro. It's a light like comedy. It just happened to have all the star power underneath it.
0: It is huge. Um, I don't know which one to take. Well, yes, uh, you say big star Oscar winners playing nurses. Yeah. It was because, um, and I'm just going my about chan- tangent about racism, but all the black, it's about white people. Oh, my God. The movie should be called White People's Problems. And the the black people there are like Oscar winner Halle Berry and um, non-Oscar winner. Well, no, he was in Crush, Ludacris. Ludacris is good in this movie. He's a good actor. They both are, obviously. But, I mean, she is obviously. <laughs> he is good. She's so Ludacris. <laughs> Miss Barry, you are no ludicrous. No ludicrous. Uh, they're just here to serve the story or serve the, the white people. Ludicrous comes in; he's a cop or he's a high-ranking officer, but he's there really just to help Hillary Swank get through this hard day.
1: Hillary Swank is kind of the heart and soul. Can I can I just say she kind of glues the movie together? She gives a speech before Ryan Seacrest gives a speech. She gives a, an actual speech on TV in the middle, like hour one into the movie. She gives a speech, and all the characters watch. And then you discover that she has a lot more bonds with the people. I won't give it away,
0: but uh... she's the murderer. Sorry, Spo- <laughs> I'm sorry. Spoiler alert: <laughs> she kills Tom Bosley in the first reel. What? Yes, that would be a great movie. This, uh, I don't know what you'd call it because there was a list of like the worst Christmas movies, and they just listed um, horror Christmas horror films like Deadly Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, but I wonder if you can do like a, a New Year's Eve. There was. So it was film.
1: New Year's Evil. Yeah. Uh, None. Which uh, TCM just recently reshowed. It's about a, a killer who'll kill everybody on the hour. Will kill a sexy model every hour for each New Year's.
0: What do you mean? Is once a year? Is a very slow serial no, no, no. killer?
1: No, he's an East Coast serial killer, right? And at mm. midnight on Eastern Standard Time, he kills some a model. And then he waits an hour for uh, Central Time, Mountain Time, <laughs> the, the fly between. And then he kills somebody at 1 a.m., which is a part of the country's midnight, And then two hours after that, uh, later from their initial kill, he kills again for Mountain Central Time, and then finally for PST, he kills his third. And I I don't know if he accepts Hawaii. I mean, he would have to kill six people. (laughs) But
0: yeah, usually you have to ask the voices in his head.
1: I have to agree with that. Holiday movies are typically horror movies. They're ground. You know, they're. uh, You say the the name of the holiday threatening New Year's Eve. And this is like different, it's it's, it's, this is like they're going to kiss instead. You know, like, uh, it's a romance,
0: <laughs> not a horror. Don't go in that room. <laughs> the handsome man, he's going to kiss you.
1: So I noticed that they keep introducing characters until 19 minutes into the movie, where De Niro is probably the last main character they, they introduce, who's terrible. They're the biggest in movie. star. Yeah,
0: terrible. Well, he's literally, Sipping. I don't say he's literally phoning it, but he's lying it in. He's lying down on a bed. He's
1: terminally ill. And by the way, great job on the makeup, because he really does look terminal. And all he does is just sit
0: there. He's not wearing makeup. He's not
1: wearing makeup. He, uh, they sat at his house.
0: It's really sad. They had the
1: equipment set up. They could
0: have. I mean, honestly, you're right. They could have put up two flats in a corner you know, together to make a little corner. I'm, I'm using my hands so people at home can understand. I see framework. it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and he's lying in a bed. And they could have just faked all his parts and down in his day room or something.
1: Well, they have to have this thing where it's a circle of life. You know he's going to pass away at the end. And you know that there's another subplot. Oh, my God. Uh, that fedora that guy was wearing, what was up with that hat? That hat should have had its own movie. There's a subplot where, like, two white couples, they're all white. The the extras that, that walk by with the New Year's Eve stuff, they're all white.
0: It's amazing, yeah, this movie. In the, they're shot in Friends,
1: New York. Yeah, Friends, New York. So there's uh, Seth Meyers, which, thank God, this is probably the last acting movie he'll ever do in his entire life. He'll play Seth Meyers from now on, but... He's a terrible actor. I I always have to say that. But him and his wife uh, want to have the newborn baby, and they get money from the city if they're closest to New Year's, and they're competing with this guy who's wearing this terrible fedora hat. I don't really remember much. It looks like the 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 host and his band leader
0: competing. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, he's got the hat, and he's he's married to um, uh, the one from... Uh, American Horror Story but it's like the more <laughs> famous couple um, Jessica Biel and uh, Seth Meyers the actor Seth Meyers versus a very good looking Australian guy in a fedora and usually it's the fat guy who wears the fedora so that's interesting that they went with uh, Handsome Man in Fedora well that fedora lasted a long way in the
1: movie it was if he's working class Adam he has two other kids and they both work the kids I don't know unless they work but at one point, he's holding his daughter, and the daughter is wearing a fedora hat. And she's giving, like, a hate look at uh, Seth Meyers. And then Seth Meyer realized that couple should win the money. And we're rich white people. They're just regular white people. just regular white people. And there's no one else in the hospital in New York City who's about to have a baby. Just those two <laughs> white people.
0: <laughs> and you know what? Maybe you had to wear the hat so you knew that... Um because there's so many white people, like it does get confusing a, after a time. Yeah, you're
1: like, oh, you know, you know, the guy with the hat. Oh, done. Just say he's white. Just say he's
0: the white guy, all right? You don't have to say he's the guy with the hat. <laughs> oh, there was a local news thing um, in one of these towns outside of L.A., like uh, a rich town. It, it, I mean, obviously, it was terrible. This couple was murdered, and they and they said it uh, yeah, was a, yeah. Great, I know. <laughs> Merry Christmas, and they they, they were saying. There's a news reporter said there was a suspicious man walking around. So they're interviewing people who uh, live in the town, and they're like, they couldn't describe what he looked like because he was suspicious looking uh-huh. and they're all white. So you know they're trying not to say, well, it was a black guy in a white neighborhood. We, we were suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, well, you know, he was tall. This is a short neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the Oh, this let's film.
1: get, yeah, enough of our shtick, enough of so, our shtick.
0: Yes, Ryan Seacrest, uh, he does a speech after, because who wants to follow Ryan Seacrest? So, um, they say a lot of times that the city is a character in the movie, the The fedora is a character in the film. If you see on in a movie poster, he's between Ludacris and Josh Duhamel.
1: Can I tell you, look at the movie poster, because this is a, kind of a semi-sequel of a movie Gary Marshall did called Valentine's Day which had a bunch of celebrities in L.A. for a day. So the New Year's Eve poster features, it's a five-by-five five grid, and it's 23 pictures of the biggest celebrities. And the remaining two pictures is two champagne flutes, and the other one is a couple hug, like embracing. And I'm like, what movie is this for, New Year's Eve or Valentine's Day? It could be the, the champagne and the couple could be either New Year's Eve or it could be Valentine's Day. It's so interchangeable.
0: that's well, funny you say that because the New Year's Eve poster has the same exact thing but it has two flutes and then, like, a heart or something. That's what I'm saying, uh, yeah, a and, couple of fireworks.
1: Yeah. yeah, and fireworks, right. That's the big difference. There's fireworks on, on New Year's Day Eve. Uh,
0: so let's go through some of the plots. So Hillary Swank has got to get the ball to drop. She's a woman in charge. Yeah. She seems very uh, unprepared for a person with a huge job like that.
1: But she gives a speech to the entire city of New York City, and I guess the whole world, and I guess every movie viewer who watches the scene. But she gives a speech saying have patience with the ball. It's a good time to reflect as if to give some kind of meaning to this movie. Like at least Valentine's Day, you know, you wonder if they're going to get laid at the end of the movie, you know, did it work? Are they going to get laid? And this movie is like, will they make it till midnight?
0: Yeah. I don't know. There's no real clock. Uh, Catherine Heigl star of States of, uh, of scandal. Uh, Heigl. Yeah. girl, she's in the film. She plays a chef uh, with her, the biggest job of her life. There's always catering. And she gives a little speech to her people. Uh, hey, if you guys want to start your uh, sauces now, it would be great. Yeah, well, when are we going to start? January 3rd? Come <laughs> on, guys. The party's <laughs> tonight. Chop, chop, chop. That's, she's the nicest chef ever. Chefs are assholes. Yeah, they're
1: total assholes. But she's actually very nice.
0: Yeah, if you're a chef and you're listening to this, and you're you're probably yelling at your phone right now because you're an asshole. All <laughs> chefs are assholes. It's
1: just can we can you mention that you did work in New York City at Rockefeller Center during the whole bullshit of like you were a waiter at Rockefeller Center, right? At one point in your life,
0: you can't mention it. Yes, I worked in two restaurants in Rockefeller Center. I worked in uh, the Rainbow Room. Thank oh, you very beautiful. much. And uh, I did weddings there and then i also worked down in the ice skating rink in the summer oh I, my god <laughs> there, it became uh, it was hard to, it was really hard to serve on skates no it was they made it into a restaurant they took out the ice that was fun that was i made a lot of money in both places
1: now is it anything like the tourist friendly views you see in this movie
0: like oh it's amazing yeah you're like oh i'm a waiter I do, you, know, first you make a lot of money at rockefeller plaza and then uh, the view from yeah it was it was ridiculous it was it was amazing, and then downstairs you just uh, screwed around. <laughs> there was a time uh, they said in a meeting. I swear they said if somebody wants something, you just get it for them, and we'll figure it out in the kitchen. So this family was there, and usually they just order a beer and a bud because they can't speak English. And um, my job is to talk them up from a bud to something more expensive. And uh, welcome to New York. And then so they wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, so I put that in. Goes to sh- the kitchen, and they bring the sandwich out. It's on focaccia bread. And the food runners keep saying, hey, uh, the chef wants to see you. The chef wants to see you. And I was like, he's mad that you you didn't ask him first about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I'm like, fuck him. I'm out here making money for this guy. You don't have peanut butter? Go to one of the eight other restaurants around here. And they're like, all right. And they went and told him I wouldn't go back there. And all of a sudden, none of my food started coming out. Uh, chefs. <laughs> and so they went, he won't do it. He won't do it. So I had to go back and... uh I just let him yell at me for five minutes, and then went back out and made a lot of money. So no, Catherine Heigl. He was no Catherine Heigl, uh, <laughs> <laughs> unless she has terrible breath. He is no Catherine Heigl.
1: So that's an interesting subplot because this whole movie is is basically star fucking, you know, and as close as you can get these these hide in reality versions of ordinary people played by celebrities, and Catherine Heigl is in love with a real celebrity. Like this is the closest star we'll get to in this movie. It's John Bon Jovi playing john bon Jovi uh he uh he's like the ultimate star, so it's not just watching our celebrities play us. we get to watch a celebrity play a celebrity and I, I thought that was tipping the scales a bit for this movie
0: in in what way?
1: well, because this is kind of a way to look at ordinary lives glamorously and here he is he's the most glamor of the glamorous. It's like looking at a star, literally a rock star so I, I just felt like. He was not an ordinary person. He was a celebrity playing a celebrity.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's a limited actor. He's a good actor, but pretty limited. So that was fine. And he was going to sing. Leah Michelle from um, Glee played a singer.
1: Oh, my God. That's a great scene. That's um, the ultimate sitcom scene on a big screen is that her and Ashton uh, get stuck in an elevator. Right. It's like a bottle episode, but this is a nice New York loft. So the elevator has windows, this,
0: uh, <laughs> lighting, natural lighting, natural
1: lighting. And they're actually <laughs> playing Christmas, New Year's Eve. That up. And then, uh, but it's, it's not like those evil lofts that, that take the, uh, apartments from, away from old ladies. When they actually get out of the elevator, it's filled with the other residents. It's not just tech heads. It's also old ladies that have their apartment after all these years. I thought that was fun.
0: Yeah, it was like it was a rent control. It was a mixture of rent controlled tenants, but in a loft that used to be, you know, like a factory loft. Yeah. So now these all these old people are living in old factories, I guess. Yeah. Maybe they were going to work. Maybe you, you were thinking too highly of everybody, and they were just uh, slave labor. They were 80 years old, and they still had to go in and make scarves.
1: Yeah, because the elevator broke, they lost an hour right there. And they
0: took that out of their paycheck, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. No, that was Yeah, I told you, Ashton's a jerk. <laughs> he does <laughs> right. nothing so,
1: in this movie. Absolutely nothing.
0: Well, and, and again, they could have built the elevator in his apartment, in his house, one of his houses. Yeah. You know, and then, um, and then use his ex-wives as the uh, old lady extras. Listen. Um, wow. I so guess he didn't hit that one. Yes. My
1: favorite scene in this movie is... So you're is, at home
0: and you get to tweet me. Yes, Mike.
1: Uh, John Lithgow is the boss of Michelle Pfeiffer And they work at a record company that's so important They actually have on the outside an exterior shot, The name of the record company on the building in New York City So it's Blah Blah Records This is 2011, Blah Blah Records Inc So a company with the word records in it has their own building And she goes up to her boss and says Hey, how about a holiday bonus? And being 2011, he does this stick where he pulls out his checkbook He's like, let me get my checkbook out like it's nineteen sixty four or something. Like they're doing the the paycheck bit. What's the matter? Did I misspell your name? You know, like he's doing a stick over a check. It's two thousand eleven. Use your phone or something to give the money. I mean, use Bitcoin. I don't get it. Like. It's so, the jokes are so corny in this movie. It's, how can this be 2011 where all the jokes are out of 1974
0: television? That scene was shot in 1974. It was
1: shot in 1982. The the the, the uh, album covers that he has on the wall are all like new wave 80s albums, you know? Right, right. So I thought that was really weird that they didn't stick over a paycheck.
0: It, it, it was a weird thing. And then Michelle Pfeiffer, who's, you know, incredibly beautiful, and they just mattered. You can barely see her face you know they're trying to ugly her up they give her dark hair no but they they cover her face and she squints a lot so you, i thought it was renee zellweger for a while yeah but, you uh, thought
1: it was yeah does he smile and be like yeah she uh she was acting michelle pfeiffer was playing a character she was one of the few people in that movie who was actually trying to play a character
0: yeah and then zach efron big get for them he is uh he's in and he plays the the cute messenger who talks to um the People inside that's that's New, New York City. City messenger who talks to you, yeah. They're usually like, I right, hold the elevator, that's the most I've ever talked to a messenger <laughs> and uh, get the fuck out of my way or, or blowing a whistle. I think I've talked to more whistles from uh, messengers than uh,
1: here's me talking to a bike messer. Did you eat my Captain Crunch, you son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Where they
0: go in the kitchen, they just eat the crunch. They eat
1: crunch. I'm so bitter about that. But, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of New York characters types. There's the the young um, bike messenger, but there's the construction workers. There's the teenagers who say, are you all right, lady? Remember, like, she trips. <laughs> and this, like, 14-year-old from 2011, are you all right, lady? There's male nurses, of course. There's wisecracking teamsters. There's a guy who says, how about Newark? Just walking to the subway, you know. They say, oh, so this that's is. That's Gary
0: Marshall schtick, Yeah, yeah. But that was realistic. She almost gets hit by a car, and unrealistically, she flies to the air. She doesn't its really not that close. She flies to the air backwards uh, into a pile of garbage,
1: which is in every corner of New York City during the winter time. Is these bags of garbage, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: every street <laughs> <laughs> corner. Giuliani and um, Bloomberg yes. shows up. Right, right. So she falls down, and someone says, "Are you all right?" lady and she keeps walking <laughs> not stopping and a guy goes to help her and she's like i don't need your help he's like all right screw you lady that was that was, that was very new york that was very real oh
1: what's up with uh, matthew broderick's voice uh, do you know anything about that
0: There's, they uh, they dubbed it over
1: he has a very raspy voice like i noticed that in the last 15 years the stuff he's done i don't know why I- He's a great actor. I'm not saying he's a terrible actor. I'm just saying he Who is a-, a
0: terrible actor. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about uh, Russell Peters. Ugh. And I'm going to say something really nice. He's a great comic, obviously. Very nice person. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with him on a couple occasions. But um, he uh, he's doing his stereotypical Indian accent, and he should be fucking knocked down for that.
1: Uh, that was all just like types. I mean, it was uh, Sophia Vargara. Well, she
0: what is she doing? Colombian accent? he doesn't have an Indian accent at all. He's from Canada. <laughs> She's from <laughs> Colombia. She's from Miami.
1: He's from Canada. <laughs> he is. He's Canadian. You could tell from that movie.
0: No. Yeah. He's from stereotypical land. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so funny. And then why why get Russell Peters? Why get a real Indian person? Why don't you get you know Hank Azaria if you're gonna? stereotype it up
1: can I uh, alright so I have some other notes there's one of my favorite scenes are the New York City buses with the Seinfeld rerun ads <laughs> well that's real too <laughs> totally in New, New York
0: is, when we were growing up it was the Honeymooners like a New Yorker loved the Honeymooners oh, but now me. it's Seinfeld yeah um, Lisa speaking of TV
1: you Lee Smith the voice of Lisa Simpson who was a staple in 80s movies actually shows up in this film which is like the last time I've seen her play a person in, in a movie so I was excited about was that was she in this movie do you remember that scene where, like, Josh Gmail is sleeping with children?
0: He's in an RV. Like, he's supposed uh, hold to... Hold on, hold on. In this day and age, <laughs> it does not mean get your mind out of the gutter. He she was sleeping
1: on a, uh, a RV. He gets a ride from an RV. He's going to meet a mystery woman in New York City on New Year's Eve. And uh, he gets a ride from a, fa- a typical family. And uh, the kid's playing a DSI, which in 2011... Anyway... Uh but he gets a ride to New York city from a family and the family is so much ench- enchanted by him and winds up all the boys fall asleep on him. They all sleep together in like a little sleep pile. It's, it was a little weird. Yeah. It's the
0: only people I know. Who they, yeah, they drove an RV in New York and they spent the rest of the year looking for parking.
1: <laughs>
0: Let's park at New Year's Eve in Times Square. Yeah. That was funny. Like he says, I'll, I'll pay for your, the gas. If you drive in a city and the guy's like, okay. And he pulls up in an RV. <laughs> like. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Uh and that was with uh, Larry Miller playing the uh tow truck guy who yeah, says you're SOL. I don't say that word S, but you're S O L and then during something, the, something out of luck, yeah. Something out of luck. So then during the fake uh uh, uh during the credits they show Bloopers. Uh uh-huh. They say shit like three or four times during the bloopers, but in the script they make they go out of the way to make sure nobody says they'll say like what the S you know like
0: <laughs> uh What the Fark. What the fark. They, yeah, it was like t- it's so much like a TV show now. It's like a high-budget TV episode or well, pilot. For, all right, um, so I wrote down the list of jokes
1: that I like, the corny jokes. They're jokes about GPS machines. Can you get me a coffee? Angry birds stuck in an elevator. This is not Girls Gone Wild. Ever been to Newark? Uh, and then uh, Zach Efron says, we're going to need a bigger boat because kids his age always do Jaws references. There's puppies in this movie. There's the stretch signal. Remember, they go like this. Uh, Ryan Seacrest has to stretch. the ball doesn't drop and he looks at his producer and the producer is moving his hands like the stretch motion Uh huh. and so there's that hold on for people at home he's going like this (laughs) yeah for people at home I'm going like this Uh, you're going to tap this is one of the lines oh the drunk bar flies that always like get in your personal space Uh, and then oh there's kids are going to an after party at him at the Hard Rock Cafe
0: would you let your daughter go to an after party in New York City on New Year's Eve, and she's what she's fifteen or fourteen?
1: She's fifteen, and Sarah Jessica Parker is a, a hovered mom who's hovering over her, and she wants to go to Times Square when she's fifteen. I wouldn't let alum, uh fifteen, no, no. But then the the joke is that she's waiting for her boyfriend. She's actually the mystery girl that Josh doom Ah, spoiler! So like, Josh
0: is waiting for her, and they they do a smart thing where he you think it's Hillary Swank, and they run past each other. Um, and then you're like you think it's Holly Berry but it's not Holly Berry and then uh, she rides up with two, hor- uh, uh, two horses ride up on a uh, <laughs> yeah keep going Ed. <laughs> a horse is driving a horse George carriage uh-huh. and what's in the and- side of the carriage at? oh Sarah Jessica Parker <laughs> yeah that's a first <laughs> and he says do you remember what he says to her he says why the long face but um, I thought that was kind of rude <laughs> are I mean, you my for dream early. girl nay
1: <laughs>
0: what then a horse came out of a carriage it's only in Hollywood he, he said, wow you rented a carriage how much did that cost and she said <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I don't know where this relationship go I don't want to put the carrot before the cart uh, I'm sorry did you say carrot <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm starving i <I'm> starving <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so she comes out of a carriage which is really funny <laughs> Have you
0: seen Valentine's Day?
1: I have seen Valentine's Day.
0: Would you say this is no Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day is no New Year's Eve?
1: Valentine's Day is a little more... It was an original idea, like, let's do this. And this seems more like a carbon copy, like kind of a weird version of something that already existed, like an an extension. Sometimes I like those sequels, the lazy sequels that just kind of try to recreate what they did before. So I I would say Valentine's Day is a little more fun. This this movie is all right. I mean, I'm not going to... This movie seems like if Gary Marshall, it seems like a series finale. Like if Gary Marshall decides to get out of movies, this is a good movie to end on.
0: Yeah, and not by choice.
1: Well, he'll make another movie. I don't don't
0: doubt it. Uh, Oh, who's your favorite scene you keep talking about uh, with his sister?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Adam. Thanks so much. So I actually wrote this down. There's a New Year's Eve party, and Penny Marshall has to be playing herself because he's dressed... In her traditional uh, garb, you know, the round glasses and the schmatas, I don't know, like... She's dressed like Whoopi Goldberg. She's dressed like Whoopi Goldberg, Great. So, uh, she says, uh, you're an actress, right? The waitress says, yeah, I play a nurse, a teacher. And then uh, Penny cuts her off and says, how about playing a waitress and get me another drink? (laughs) (laughs) 2011, that's what we talk like. You know, it's like a time capsule. How did we talk in 2011?
0: We talked like we did in 1965. <laughs> Gary Marshall wrote a book called Awake Me When It's Funny. It's a great book. I'm still, yeah, I'm still sleeping. Um, <laughs> and if I have there be another Oscar winner uh, wasted in the film. So it, it is a good deal. Like So when I started working in New York in the 90s, because I'm very old uh, on films, there's a lot of films that they would shoot where, um, and this one, Sylvia Cameron, who got my first gave me my first job? She did a lot of these, but they would put a lot of New York actors that have some recognizable recogniz, recognizability, recognizability. Recognizability. Thanks, Mike, for record. yeah. And um I like it when you they, mess up words. I had never do that, and uh <laughs> I can't help it. So they would put all these people in in the movie, and they would have small parts that come in for a day. And like a good example is that movie Smoke or Blue in the Face, oh, where they just have. Movies. Yeah, but you see the box at the time. There were boxes of videotapes, and it would be like the guy from The Sopranos and the guy from, you know, that you recognize. And they would only be in there for half a day, and they would pay him you uh, know, whatever they pay him. So that that would get the movie sold. And Donald Logue did a lot of those, I think. And um, I feel like this is that, but on a huge scale. You know, they just got all these people for one day or two days, and they shot, and they wrapped them and went to the next person. Which I I guess is a way they should do movies, but now with like YouTube, I feel like you could cut those up and, and make into a YouTube series that people would. Watch. But they wouldn't watch it for Halle Berry. I don't think anyone watching YouTube is like, oh, I got to see the Halle Berry I YouTube. I
1: don't think anyone came to this movie look seeking Halle Berry. They came because of the concept, you know, this this shaky concept and uh, conceit. We're gonna it's New Year's Day, you know. There's no uh, and and that's kind of what sticks to it. You know, it's like it's a mad, 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 mad. Mad World or Rat Race, which also had Whoopi Goldberg and Kathy Bates and a lot of other, Kubrick Jr. a lot of other Oscar winners, you know.
0: Yeah, but nobody, um, I, I feel like they did or they are like, oh my God, I can't believe they got all these stars in one place. I mean, they wouldn't have paid all the money for them or not paid whatever, case they wouldn't have got them. There wasn't any value to it. Yeah. And it, it seemed like also like, they were all the people who were hot at the time, like Lea Michelle was, you know, on Glee, which is the hot show of the moment and, uh, so it was like, can your it was almost like a game for an agent. Can I get my client in this movie?
1: So can I tell you, she was great because she sings like Magnolia. She sings like an hour into the movie because John Bon Jovi halfway across town starts singing, and then she's stuck in the elevator starts singing along, and it's like Magnolia. And then at the end, this is the gig at Times Square for New Year's Eve, and Bon Jovi leaves leaves the stage for the backup singer, and she sings this nice version of uh, of. Uh, old lang syne Alan Sherman's version of old lang sign.
0: <laughs>
1: there was a man his name was lang and he had a neon sign and Mr. Lang was very old so they called it old lang sign. <laughs> <laughs> you have all the Alan Sherman you don't remember that one
0: I play those for Rose I play um Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila Harvey and Sheila were stuck in an elevator Oh, I see movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, all day, all night, Cary Grant. What can he do yeah. that I can't? That's all I hear from
1: my <laughs> wife is Cary Grant. <laughs> On top of all Smokey, all covered with hair. Of course, I'm referring to Smoky Smokey the Bear. <laughs>
0: oh, oh man. That was uh, Alan, Sherman. <laughs> Alan Sherman. Alan Sherman.
1: This movie kind of inspires you to listen to Alan Sherman.
0: Well, if you want to laugh, yes, this movie. <laughs> if you want to laugh, what listen to Alan Sherman on YouTube. <laughs> this movie um, can
1: inspire you to listen to
0: every other Jewish uh, comedian out there. Just to prove that we can be funny, <laughs> please go back to a Jewish comic that is funny. No, yeah, Gary Marshall plays himself in the film, like Hitchcock. He does. He, yeah, he, he. Well, he plays a guy selling hats, and the great thing about New York is. Uh, the overprotective Sarah Jessica Parker uh, goes and talks to the hat guy and tells him his life story about uh, <laughs> their daughter. The seasonal hat guy, you know, who sells hats for yeah. years. I don't know if the microphone's picking up, but the cat is meowing. She wants me to play with her with a new toy. Since the baby, they become really affectionate.
1: Oh, I, I have a I have a note. I forgot to to, to mention shit. Oh yeah, it's a bad movie trick when you film a parade when you film a parade and use it in your movie. You notice like, there's shots of actual New Year's Eve halfway during this movie? Right. It might have been from 2010. There's a scene where apparently there's tradition, a gross tradition where you're supposed to kiss a stranger in Times Square on New Year's Eve. And they keep ta- stressing that point because they have nothing else to talk about New Year's Eve. And it, they actually show an actual footage of this woman kissing a military guy and then looking into the camera.
0: Ah, uh, busted.
1: Yeah, but it's like, why did you have a scene where some extras are looking into the camera? I mean, it's, it reminds me of Rat Fink a uh, uh, Boo Boo. You ever see that movie? It's Batman and Robin, Ratfink and Boo Boo, but they misspelled the, the title credits, so we kept it. It's this terrible movie, but at one point, they have a hero's welcome. They went to an actual parade and shot around it. They had the characters dressed up as Ratfink and Boo Boo, and like Batman and Robin, and uh, were pretending that they were getting the parade. And this is what this movie reminds me of. They just said, shit, shoot around New Year's Eve. We need it for a movie. We'll make a movie around this footage.
0: Uh, in Rat Fink, and Boo-Boo, they they would do close ups of Rat Fink, and Boo-Boo from below of them waving and walking and then they would do <laughs> shots of people in the parade waving at a camera not yeah, knowing that not knowing that it's
1: for Rat and
0: Yeah, so they cut back and forth. It was a lot of that going on. And then there was a lot of cops kissing people. Did you see that online? Yeah. Um Uh will there be a third movie? Will there be um you know, the joke is Arbor Day or
1: uh It could. I mean he could what, what, turn what, his...
0: what holiday would you use?
1: I would do, um, I would make this a TV series and call it Shabbat
0: and every Saturday
1: <laughs> or Friday night, uh, it would be about a different couple going to services. And I would have that 52 hour, I, I would show it, uh, sunrise on Saturday. <laughs> sun- yes. Yeah. No, no sundown on Saturday. Sundown on Saturday. So once the sun sets you all your audience. Yeah. Yeah. So then you could finally turn on the TV and you could watch a show about people who just went to, to services.
0: If you show it during, uh, Sabbath, and no one could watch it except for the people with their next-door neighbor who happened to come next come by and turn on the TV. I was, you went to uh, Brandeis which is a Jewish college, and yeah. I went to visit you, and we're in the uh, graduate student dorms, which are apartments. And I look out the window, and you just see all these people walking. In, <laughs> I saw in two apartments, but that's more than one. Um, a guy walk in and turn on their lights, and everyone like, oh. What's going on? Why did you come in and turn on our lights? Well, thank you. I, I really would not want you to do that. Yeah, don't turn on the TV while you're at it. Yeah, whatever you do, don't turn on the TV. There's a roast in the oven. It would be terrible if you put it at 350 <laughs> <laughs> and came
1: back in an hour and turned it off. Could you add a little salt and pepper to it? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this movie features 23 celebrities and 46 celebrity stand-ins. <laughs> what? No, I just. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to change the subject. I'm looking. I I wrote. I sat here and just wrote notes, but it was just rang all the jokes that they said. Basically,
0: what was some of the um, Gary Marshall? Did he have any jokes? He didn't say New York. That well, was somebody else.
1: One of my favorite is like the the pregnant ladies, and I I can wrap on this out, is that they're doing tricks to induce labor. So she's eating anchovies again. Like talk about shtick. You're doing no anchovies. Enough with the anchovy. Like anchovy jokes. And then they said, Well you can you can uh get labor by eating yams. She says, I'm crammed with yams.
0: <laughs> that was Kathleen Finney, right?
1: Yeah, I guess. There's a lot of like a lot of celebrities that just pop up.
0: No, I was trying to do a joke about the uh oh. performance artists that used to put yams. Oh Karen Finley, the late Karen Finley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ed. No, sorry that I can't think of a reference.
1: You're um, referencing New York City's art scene in the 80s, and I don't appreciate that. This is always about <laughs> Times Square. Sorry. This is always about the Smurfs showing up to the M&M store or whatever these movies are about.
0: It's always these friendly
1: tourists, you know.
0: Yeah, and the fact that they had, in New Yorkers, is when we called dead, and in Times Square, it's all tourists. But it's weird that you can't even move around. I mean, think about the thousands and thousands of people that are in, time, in that small area. So the little girl, the,
1: the teenage girl goes up to this teenage boy who's dressed like a longshoreman with his wool cap and,
0: and attitude. Like You just can't run up to a gate and go, hey, have
1: you seen these guys? Yeah, they're on the other side.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll be there in two seconds. Yeah, I couldn't believe she got over that. I would have been like, well, I'm never getting there. There's a million people between us. Um, I have a New York and Times Square uh, New Year's Eve story, so a friend of mine, uh jimmy fats or fat jimmy he would rent a hotel room like on 34th street and uh fifth or sixth near kind of near the tunnel and it was uh it was close enough to 42nd street where you can walk over there but far enough that we can get a hotel for a decent price and not be swamped and i brought a girl there and I, i don't know why i was dating her but i was so nervous about kissing her the whole time we dated we went on like a hundred dates and it just seemed like I just couldn't pull the trigger. So we're outside the hotel, she's leaving early, and there's all these hookers in front of the hotel. You know, it's a really good neighborhood. And there's we need a tunnel. And we're talking and I'm I'll being see. nervous and uh I'm hemming and hawing and one of the hookers says, uh, Man, kiss her already <laughs> <laughs> It's New Year's Eve, kiss her. <laughs> well a lot of it was yeah, it was shot in New York though. It looks uh, it looks good. Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, she's gonna go around and do her bucket list before New Year's Eve. Right. So this and,
1: bike messenger has access to Radio City Music Hall.
0: Remember- yeah, it was. And then he got you know, people. Yeah, let her hook her up. That was a weird thing. So she wants to fly or do something, fly around the boroughs, bur- and so he gets her hooked up at Radio City Music Hall to fly around or something, and. You just think of the, the not to be a, the total idiot, but the unions in New York are so crazy. There's no
1: way
0: <laughs> Hey, uh what the New Year's resolution bucket list union? I'm not in that. I'm not I'm not hooking up. I'm not in the bucket list. Come on, union heart. Can't you warm up? It's
1: New Year's Eve and she's got a list. Oh, okay, let's go ahead. We'll unlock the door. Come on, in. welcome to Radio City Music Hall, ma'am.
0: Mike, yes. would you recommend this movie to somebody? Yeah,
1: I would absolutely. It's uh, it's breezy, it's amusing, it's it's stuck in a weird time warp. Uh, it's it could be dubbed in any language and it could be aired in any medium. You know,
0: it's a cl- so, it's
1: a classic movie.
0: Let me ask: if you saw this movie on a plane, would you walk out, <laughs> watch it, or watch it on mute?
1: I, every time you tell that joke, I half expect Confetti to fall from the ceiling. You'd be like, Adam's a thousand times, he said he walked from a plane from a movie." Uh,
0: I, w- I think it's gonna be a new way to rate films, though. I think. Yeah, no, film. I would watch the movie in *An Airplane*.
1: This is a classic airplane movie. This is exactly what I want from an airplane movie. You know, this is something I could watch with Molly in the room, my daughter in the room. It's not, it's not too scary or real lifey.
0: Right. Yes, I think it is a perfect line name. In fact, they premiered it on Delta.
1: <laughs> That's a good one. That's a new one.
0: It's a new yeah, one, right? And no. it was delayed because of weather. Um Great, yes. So, Mike, I uh, uh, just a couple podcasts that I've been listening to that I love. We haven't been on for a while, so because uh, of the baby, and uh, I never want to be that podcast that took time off. But so between the, the baby and the job, I didn't have a lot of time, but now I do. I'll try to get a, go back up uh next year, every other week, and um, write us if you want to talk about any movies that you want us to talk about or interviews. We did an interview with Samurai Cop, which was pretty awesome. So check that out. Uh, at proudly resents or reach adam at mac.com mike what podcast do you recommend while you're thinking about that i will tell you start listening to the ice tea podcast and it's fucking amazing he taught he gives people advice on um being an escort uh. he has it's it, it's it's hilarious there's a lot of cursing though so obviously you don't want your kids around but uh it's really great and then alias smith and Leroy. it's uh Owen Smith and Ali Leroy interview a lot of big celebrities and, and they do this great, incredible interview with Todd Bridges and where Todd Bridges just tells every crack story you'd want him to tell. And that was only part one, so part two is coming out, so there's more crack stories from Todd Bridges. So, Alias Smith and Leroy. Mike, any shows you recommend?
1: Yeah, uh, I would like to recommend just three off the bat. Um, there's a show called SF Barcast. Barcast is one word with a K, and it's uh, Andrew and uh, Jeff Cleary, and they go to different bars in San Francisco and they record a show, and uh, it's, it's a really good show. I, I've been on it a few times. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I definitely recommend SF Barcast. Teardown Show is from my friend Dave Spark. He's a social media guy. It's him and a Seattle social media guy, and they talk social media stuff. It's very accessible, and it's actually a good listen. I would rec- recommend Teardown Show. And my friend Drew Harmon does a show called Chucklepedia which basically they find a subject on Wikipedia and they basically just read the Wikipedia entry. But it's fun. It's good stuff.
0: Uh, that sounds great. Yeah. I can't believe we're still awake. You have to get to work. I have to get drink, drink a second cup baby. of
1: coffee. I I this is on one cup. Can I, can I make a quick plug out? Plug it away. Uh, I am posting a show on New Year's Eve at the Layover Bar. Um, second annual f- uh, $5, dollars 7 dollars show, but it's probably over by now. I'm doing two shows for SF Sketch Fest next month. Uh, I'm hosting a, a comedy show called Root City with Mike Spiegelman and I'm doing sketch comedy with Colin Mahan. We're called The Great Difficulties and that's happening next month.
0: And that's all at SF sketch. SF Sketchfest. That's great. Yeah, check out any of those shows and um, your Twitter is at Spiegelmania. Yeah. And at Luggage Tuesdays. If you, uh, when I
1: post uh, comedy stuff, you that's a, it'll, put, it'll pop up on Twitter. But LuggageTuesdays.com is my humor site.
0: And uh, if you're new to the podcast, go back. We have uh, over a hundred... Listen to Lloyd Kaufman, that
1: was one of my favorite
0: interviews. The head of trauma.
1: For example, let's say you want to crush a head like Toxic Avenger or the yeah. famous full head crushing scene. You take a cantaloupe, you carve out the inside, then you load what we call loading the cantaloupe. You put in, uh, we used to put in a hamburger mixed with cranberry sauce, but now, because I'm a vegetarian, it's only cranberry and spaghetti and things that are not animal. Then you put a wig on the cantaloupe and paint a little happy face. Bingo! You—that's uh, how we crushed the head.
0: The head of trauma. I got a chance to interview him at trauma headquarters, which is now in Queens. It used to be on uh, right near Times Square, but now it's in an old like um, firehouse in in Queens. And uh, it was really weird to go there because you know you never sees Simpsons when he goes to visit Mad Magazine and he goes in and it's all the characters from Mad Magazine. Yeah, you ever see that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He would go visit New York City.
0: Yeah, and he walked in, and it's, like, Alfred e. Newman and uh, all these, like, people animated running around. That's kind of like what it was at Trauma. There was these two foreign guys who were filming. They were big YouTube stars, and they were there reenacting scenes from uh, Trauma films, but low budget, so they would take some of the props that were in this building, and they'd go outside, and they'd shoot it really quickly and low budget. It was very strange. And then uh, they have tons of DVDs and movies. They gave me a ton of, like, uh trauma junk and then props are all over the place and uh lloyd's office is just the front room that he splits with his partner who's never there and uh it was like everything he wanted it to be it was uh it was really crazy it's a really interesting interview and he's uh he's a really nice guy and then we also did a live show we did a tribute to trauma where he had two stars from returned to Newcom high one of the stars from um the original *Newcom high and um uh, mike williams from um Blair Witch Project, just because he's the most famous guy I know. <laughs> Alright, thanks Mike. My pleasure.
1: Thanks for having another episode. Eh? Alright, K-Y. Okay, Adam, that, th- we're, we're out of time for this
0: interview. And everyone looks stunned when they ask to describe it. They're like, oh, um, yeah, what a tragedy. What a tragedy. <laughs> it's,
1: think... so it, it's actually in your neighborhood, Adam. Why don't you just stop the pretense? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: do live in... No, way. I live in a very Jewish neighborhood with no Chinese restaurants, which is weird. No what you do
1: near Christmas Day?
0: I know. Yeah, it's some actually. I was in the supermarket on Christmas buying stuff for Christmas, and a guy I know was in there, and he's like, uh, "Hey, you going to Chinese restaurants tonight?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you remember when we were in? Was it Phoenix or was it staff? We were in Arizona. Uh, and it was with mom, dad and us and it was Christmas night and Arizona is basically one long strip mall where you have to drive to places and we were driving forever to find a place to eat. And we found a Chinese restaurant and we drove in and we walked in. The place was packed, packed with Jews, right? Packed with people. And they're like, it's an hour wait. And we're trying to assess what to do. And this guy comes in and the woman says, it's going to be an hour wait. And he says rather loudly, an hour wait, I'm Jewish. And everyone else
0: in the restaurant goes,
1: Yeah, yeah, we know we're all Jewish. It's <laughs> the hour wait. You know, like.
0: Oh, that's embarrassing. No, it's embarrassing that he said, I'm Jewish. They're like, Screw you. Screw you. Thanks for making us look Jewish? bad.
1: Yeah. And we wound up eating at a taqueria that was open Christmas night.
0: Yes, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. Uh, so we were not stereotypical Jews. Yeah, I did call um, uh, a Chinese place on Christmas and I said, Do you have brown rice? And the guy's like, No. I'm out of everything. I'm pulling my hair out. All I have is gluten. (laughs) Gluten everywhere.